We have ignition sequence start. Short distance, high impact. Five, four, three, two. All engines running. Ten questions with Adam Joir. Big names, great minds. Make yourself a cup of tea. Liftoff. We have liftoff. Today's 10 questions subject is chaser icon and the creator and star of the checkout, Julian Morrow. I spoke to him on the morning after Media Circus screened that heart-stopping vision of Peter Grester finding out that his Al Jazeera colleagues had been pardoned. In the interview, Julian talks about that. He talks about the chaser segments that stopped the nation and the fact that he has a very fortunate life. By the way, did you know his dad was a writer on the Mavis Bramston show? I didn't. I hope you enjoyed this. I thought it was a great chat. Question one is, when were you most happy? I would say that um, probably my happiness. Well, well, look. I mean, I think I think in one sense you're happiest as a kid because you don't realise how the world works and you're just in your own little bubble. Um, so it's a form of acceptable egotism to just be doing whatever you do and not really having any responsibilities. But um, I um, I would say that um, uh, the last few years with uh you know making doing work that i enjoy and having uh, and watching kids grow up mm. while a juggle and busy is um is probably the time that, that i've been most happy but um i'm uh, you know I've, I've been pretty pretty lucky on that on the happiness front i, I feel like i've been uh I had an unfair run of luck um uh in terms of not encountering a whole lot of misfortune in my life and um, yeah, so I, I, I get a lot of good happy times. It was here that Julian and I got into a conversation about collective happiness versus individual happiness and the formula for creating a successful team like The Chaser. It's, it's a funny thing, um, you know, the mix between a, an individual pursuit and a group thing. Obviously, The Chaser has been a group enterprise, but with um, made up of a, a handful of extraordinarily self-centred, arrogant and selfish people. Um, and somehow it's managed to, to work um, collectively. It's all about what's going on rather than the individuals involved. Mm. And at some level that, that actually takes out a whole lot of the, the showboating and, and deciding who's going to be, um, you know, the, the number one in the, um, the number one draft pick sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and so even though I would be the, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't um, be so bold as to, to suggest that the way that we work is um, functional, um, or, or it's functional but not coherent. It's, extre- it's frustrating for everyone inside and out. Right. But there is, a, there is a level of collaboration there and, and I suppose, mutual respect that we, we try to deny that, that makes it work. Question two is who would you like to apologise to and why? Either my uh, my parents or my wife, in terms of not, um, uh, I'm I'm very aware of that the fact that the decisions that I've made in my life and career impact a lot on other people, and it's very hard to balance, you know, being uh, devoted to people and devoted to. Um, projects, and I think sometimes I, um, I think I've been slower on the emotional uptake, uh, and 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 then and, and slower to realise the wisdom of other people's approaches. And um, I'm I'm very fortunate to have been supported and tolerated by mum and dad and, and Lisa in particular, um, 
but I, I, I know that that hasn't been easy for them uh, a lot of the time. Um, and and I, suppose, I suppose the, the obvious thing in that is that I've done a huge amount of uh, comedy in public that um, has people regularly, almost constantly, calling for apologies. <laughs> um, and and I, I'm very specifically not choosing those sorts of people um, to, uh, to nominate because I do think that... Um, the sort of you know I I kind of believe in offence uh, as mm. part of a, of a of a good robust uh, public culture, um, and I think that the, the the worst stuff that we've done and, and the Make a Wish uh, sketch is, is obviously the the sort of pinnacle of that was uh, was less about. Um, I think that was people taking offence more than people being hurt. And I think, you know, when you, when you hurt people, you should say sorry. But when but when people don't don't share your tastes in humour, I don't think that's a serious thing. I think. And I like to say that, like, you know, I, I don't regret the things I regret in terms of work. I, like, I, if you had to take a package, um, I'd, I'd do all of them again. But if I had, if I could make a few exceptions, then, then there's some jokes that you do slightly differently. Back to what you were saying right at the start of that was. Um... Are you talking about the impact it's had on your wife and parents um, and sometimes that they've been dragged into things that that they wouldn't have otherwise been dragged into, obviously? Yeah, also, and, I'm looking, and I, think, I think when I was growing up, I, um, you know, my, my dad always worked in, uh, in he was a teacher who taught English uh, but he, and he did drama and he'd also written on the Mavis Bramston show and wrote, wrote musicals and things like that. And so we had a great affinity um, and probably an intellectual affinity. Yeah. Um, and I think I was probably an obnoxious teenager who was a bit less, uh, I, um, you know, I think I was probably a bit slower to understand the extraordinary um, wisdom and grace that my mother was displaying in, in, in the face of my intolerable behaviour than I could have been. You know, and the same, the same with my wife. I, I, it, took, it, it probably took me longer to realise how deeply I loved Lisa than any sensible person should have, uh, should have taken. Um, and, and, and apparently that comes across with insensitivity on occasion. <laughs> Question three, what is your greatest regret? <laughs> Um, look, I would I would have made a minor script edit to the Make a Wish Foundation sketch. Right, right. <laughs> Are you going to tell us? Well, look, I think um, I, I think the last line, um, uh, which which was I, I think uh, I mean I didn't write or perform in the sketch. I was over, overseas at the time, outside a CIA secret prison, absolutely shitting myself about being arrested in Poland, but um, but then, of course, you know, the sketch came back, and the, and the last line is, you know, something like they're only going to die anyway. Um, and that that was deliberately trying to be uh, black humour, mm. but, it, but, but it doesn't take much um, uh, discernment to realise that, in fact, it was just blunt, um, not, not, not funny in the right way, mean-spirited, and... And it destroyed the 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 sort of goodwill or possible understanding behind the joke. And if if I uh, identified that and had a stand up argument, no doubt with uh, my colleagues about 
changing that line, I think that controversy would have happened differently. Yeah, gotcha. But I don't, I don't regret, for example, saying, um, you know, the line, again, I didn't write it, but we were part of the, the process in, in the, um, what was it, the, the eulogy song saying Stan Zamanik, um, you know, his cancer was, his, his opinions were as toxic as his, as his brain. He died of brain cancer. And I suspected his, his widow, uh, a few days, well, I, I gave her, I, I told her that it was going to happen beforehand and, and then spoke to her afterwards. And she was upset by that. And I don't, I don't regret making that joke because I thought that was, you know, fair game. But the, uh, the Make a Wish one obviously touched a raw nerve, uh, for people who'd had, um, who'd suffered very deeply and, uh, uh, comedians' jobs uh, are not should not be to add to that that sort of pain, and um, uh, and that could have been fixed by a minor script edit. I think the idea that the whole sketch should have been done is is um, silly. But uh, but if you're gonna you know if you're gonna sort of go out on on, on national television and walk the the tightrope, then you've got to be very sure-footed and, and mm-hmm. work. Uh, it's a, it's amazing that you actually rang Stan Smarnik's. Oh, weirdo, that takes a lot of guts, I reckon, to just ring her up. So you rang her up and, and warned her, did you? Well, yeah, yeah, because I, um, it had been raised. And I said, well, look, I think this joke's okay, but I understand that um, uh, if you were just, if you sat down to watch um, uh, a, a comedy show, and I, I don't imagine that we are the natural viewing choice of the Zabarnik family at any point, but, <laughs> but if it happened, uh, um, you know, and it sort of came from nowhere, and uh, then I can see how that, as a, you know, the, the human experience of that could be quite, you know, sideswipe here. Mm. And I thought, well, okay, better to better the call um, than than not. And the reality is, if you're if you're willing to put it out on national television, then you then by definition you're willing to put it in front of people who might be affected by it. And you know, I, I'm I'm more than happy to to, to say that to their to their face. I took a call from Peter Brock's, uh, one of Peter Brock's daughters, who, um, who, and it was a, it was quite a nice conversation actually, because she was she was she was upset by the joke, but also but not angry about it, and um, and and understood what that it wasn't a swipe at at her father. Um, it was just a joke, and mm. and 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 you know, I, I tried to convey that I that you know that I was um, sorry about the upset it had caused her, but not to the extent of not putting the joke out. And she understood that. And I think sometimes yeah, right. those sort of yeah, finding that really complicated middle ground is is hard, um, but it can, it can be done. Question four: What will you still need to do to feel you've lived a satisfactory life? Nothing. I, I mean, I've lived a satisfactory life already. Um, I would be. I, I I look forward with great delight to seeing my children grow up and seeing them uh, live the lives that they that they want. And um, I, I take great joy in, in seeing my parents as grandparents and look forward uh, to doing something similar. But I feel uh, uh, out, outrageously uh, over. Um, uh, blessed with things that have happened in my life so far, and you know, when you think about the, the sort of uh, uh, suffering and, and difficulties that people face around the world, um, and 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 in, in Australia, I'm, I'm way ahead of the game. Around here, we talked about Thursday night's episode of Media Circus, and I speculated unnecessarily about how Peter Grester's Al Jazeera colleagues would have felt 
had they seen him whooping it up on a TV show while they were stuck in an Egyptian jail. But Julian quite rightly said, we all have a responsibility to enjoy our lives. Laughter and enjoying yourself is very important. And it's very important in the, in the hardest of times as well as in the, in the best of times. I think it's yeah. a natural human inclination. Um, and if people think that you know, making jokes about stuff means that you're incapable of being serious, then, they, then um, that's actually their limitation, not yours. And something tells me that, I mean, I mean Peter, it, it was palpable how little he cared about his own um, it uh, was. faith because he, knew, yeah. because he knew that he was out, that, 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 you know, whether he can travel around the world as a correspondent, though absolutely vital to his career, is in the even grander scheme of things immaterial, and he knew that. Um, so I, I think that somebody who, who, who inherently understands that, if he seriously thought that his colleagues would have been appalled or taken offence or objected to him doing that, a program like that, he wouldn't have done it in the first place. It was a flippant... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, no, it's, no, no, it's, it's totally true as well. I mean, that was the first thing that was staring to me, and that was the sort of joke I made. It's like... This amazing, profound thing has just happened right after we did a game about puns. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Question five is, who is the person who most influenced you and how? It's hard to narrow it down, but, but short, I mean, it has to be my father in terms of uh, the, you know, he, he's, he, he's a teacher who works in the, in the arts and that's ended up being the career that I've, I've had sort of, you know, doing entertainment stuff. So... I think I think the exposure to his work as a writer and director, and and at every level from school right up to full scale professional productions, and that that's the sort of the uh, the the that's like the apprenticeship I didn't know I was having when I was growing up, and uh, and obviously that's been uh, well that saved me from being a lawyer, so it's been that's been profoundly. Uh, significant experience but uh you know it's one of those things you, you, you always feel difficult narrowing it down but um but that, yeah I, that, I think it has to be that i think it's really interesting seeing ge- second generation uh, professionals in any field really I, you you do sense that there's this there's a whole lot of information you're imbuing as a kid that you suddenly so you, you do once you actually arrive in that profession you you do have a whole lot of skills you didn't know you had. That's it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I never. Thought, it wasn't something that was on my radar. And in fact, the only reason I got involved with the Chaser was because I didn't do any of the uni reviews or or, or, or publications at uni, and kind of thought, oh, I, I, I think I missed a trick there. Um, and I kind of made a little uh, promise to myself that the next time an opportunity came along, I would. Um, uh, I'd go for it, mm. and it just so happened that, that you know Charles said, "Oh, I'm thinking of studying newspaper. You should be involved," and and that was the chaser. So um, wow. I'd never, I hadn't prepared for it. It's just that I'd been prepared for it without realizing. Question six is: When was the last time you cried, and why? Oh, look, it was. Look, I mean, tears were shed uh, on Wednesday night. Um, because in the Peter Grester situation, um, uh, and you know, it, it was just the raw emotion of it. Um, and I suppose the sense of something be, being a bystander to something profound happening, um, it, it was just palpable. And yeah, you know, I suppose, um, 
Yeah, it, 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 it was just, it was an amazing thing to witness. I mean, I cried watching it, so I can't imagine what it was like being there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it, it's a bit of a blur, but, I, but um, you know, and, and it was, it, it, obviously it was kind of fleeting, but yeah, that, that was uh, that was pretty, pretty profound and unexpected. Uh, question seven, what's your current state of mind? I'd say optimistic and pugilistic. Question eight, what do you consider your greatest achievement? At the risk of uh, saying a, sound, sounding like a Kevin Rudd um, post, Bill speech. I'm very proud of the fact that the you know that that the chaser has um, morphed into several things that have that have you know been a lot of fun and, and, and had an impact. So I suppose um, it's just being a part of a of uh, a hobby that turned into a very enjoyable um, uh, career for a whole group of excellent people. Um, yeah. Question nine is, who would you want on your side in a battle and why? <laughs> well, what you want is someone who's got your back, who, you know, who, who you know will make the right call. Um, and um, let me... Um, I, 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 look, I don't know. Um, Julian couldn't think of anyone, so he started talking about the army of lawyers who accompany him during his various legal disputes and how he knows when he's got a good one. You pretty quickly suss whether whether they're protecting themselves or trying to help um, support you, and that's a big difference. Right. The last question is, what would you like your last words to be? Well, that was fun. We have ignition sequence start. Short distance, high impact. Five, four, three, two, all engines running. Ten questions with Adam Zwar. Big names, great minds. Make yourself a cup of tea. Liftoff. We have liftoff. 